Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, December 9th, 2022, 6 p.m. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? It's pretty dark outside. I think I read on Twitter or something that I think it was yesterday in Chicago was the earliest sunset of the year it was 4 19 p.m which we're look we're no meteorologist over here at Beantown, and i don't disagree with that but i was just curious because i know the winter solstice isn't for another two weeks and so it got me thinking how does that work to the day you know because the days are still getting shorter right so in my mind the way it works and this must not be the way it works but i've always thought the shortest day of the year would have the earliest sunset and the latest sunrise, right? And they kind of, you know, as you get back into summer, you add a couple minutes to sunset, you, you add a couple minutes to sunrise uh, evenly. But that must not be how it works if 4.19 p.m. yesterday, two weeks before the solstice, was the earliest sunset of the year. So we're going to need... We're going to need to pull the bean heads on that one. I, I legitimately have, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Is it something to do with the fact that the, the earth is more of a orb than a, a circle or an oval than a circle? I don't know. Someone's going to have to explain that to us. Email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. It's beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. I was, uh... You're listening to our fantastic intro music, The Entertainer by Scott Joplin, performed by yours truly. And I saw a friend last night on Instagram posted that they were watching The Sting, the the Hollywood Golden Age classic with Paul Newman and Robert Redford, prominent for resurrecting the music of Scott Joplin, including The Entertainer, which you're listening to right now, so... If you haven't seen the sting you're gonna want to go check it out you could watch the, it could be a double feature you could watch the sting and then you could watch a police concert video in the second half do 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 da 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 that's all i gotta say to you it's been a while since we uh checked in with you i think it was a it was a special tuesday night episode of the bean town podcast so it's we're at 10 days which is pretty much the maximum you'll find us going here at Beantown Networks, we're, we're typically very, you know, well, for the most part, every Friday until something comes up. And we were in Saugatuck last Friday, and we're going to be talking about that briefly, not not doing a deep dive, but there's a couple of different things surrounding that that I wanted to mention. So we'll be talking about that. We're going to be talking about our top five favorite hams, and we've got a sort of uh, geography and holiday-themed top five trivia list for you on the show today. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're not going to beat around the bush with extraneous stories and spellings of all sorts. We're going to, we're going to jump right in so you can, you can get in, you can get the knowledge, the insights that you're looking for from the Bean Tom podcast. You can get out, you can, whatever you want to do with your extra time, go get some hot cocoa, go to a Chris Kindle Mart, go... I, do people sing carols anymore? I, you know, it's pretty rare to walk around the streets of Lakeview, Chicago and see carolers, C-A-R-O-L-E-R-S. You just, it, you know, you don't see it. But we should do a top, we should do like a top five, top ten favorite carols. Because there's a difference between Christmas carols and Christmas songs. Which is interesting. In case you're curious, I'm sipping for my Canadian whiskey. And like a George Thorogood song, I got my one bourbon. I don't have a shot, but the bourbon's kind of a shot. It's just got ice in it. And then one beer, a peanut butter porter. Smooth and creamy. My penultimate porter. I got one left in the fridge. Get, you know, preparing for the final, uh, what do we got? We got three weeks, basically, and then New Year's Eve. And then uh, dry January, which... I, I wouldn't say my body desperately needs. I haven't. It's not like I've been going crazy, and I haven't really. Uh, I don't think I've been eating particularly bad. Certainly not particularly healthy, but I don't think particularly bad outside of you know the occasional. You know, like we went to Saugatuck. Like that was bad. 
Um, but I, you know, I haven't been manhandling entire pizzas by myself. I haven't been having dessert that much, to be honest. Been drinking a solid amount, but nothing crazy. I think I, you know, I think I'm more prone to drink larger amounts in the summer. In the winter, it's, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling here, and I don't know if it if it's entirely true or sensical. So let's just move past it, as they would say in Always Sunny. I want to uh, mention before we do anything else, before we get to our uh, trivia question here, that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. But we're going to be, we, we got a couple different things we want to cover today, and I know that you all like your trivia. So we're going to be starting with that, so you don't have to save it for the end. I just trimmed my fingernails, which is why I'm really struggling to legit struggling to open up this peanut butter porter here from Saga Tug Brewing. Going to set the mic down. This is a two-hand job. Hopefully it doesn't spill on the bed. We just washed the sheets. All right. We're in good shape. Hang on. Just as peanutty as it was last week when I had it. One week ago today, we were at Saugatuck Brewing and had our flights. And I think we mentioned this last time, last year, around this time when we did a Saugatuck episode. But we also, you know, day two of the trip, went to uh, Mitten Brewing Company, which is based out of Grand Rapids. But they have a satellite tasting room in Saugatuck, downtown. And... They have a, a peanuts and cracker jack porter that is out of this world. And I imagine you can buy it in cans there. I don't know. I was I was looking online when we got back home to like see if you can find it at a Binnie's or anything, but I couldn't find it. That stuff, I think it's eleven percent. It's so peanutty, it's so good, like peanutty, salty, creamy. I really should have really should have gone through with it and gotten gotten it. Uh but you know, it is what it is. Not good for my waistline. But to tie up that dry January thought, I think it's going to be good. I think the uh, you know the physical benefits of it are one thing, and they are certainly you know they are plentiful. But I think the like the mental benefit of, of it too, just trying to trying to get yourself through what is, I would go so far as to say, inarguably the worst month in Chicago. January is, and I, I get the argument for February too, because February is just an extension of January, but January is just like the holidays are over. It's just kind of like the, the nadir of the, the weather, super dark days tends to be a lot colder than it is now. It's only, you know, 40 degrees outside in Chicago. You go outside right now and it doesn't, you know, it's like, oh, this weather is gross, but you're not like, oh my God, I can't take it. You know, it's, it's 38 right now in the dark. It's going to get a lot worse than that in January and February. But I think just the holidays ending, it's just tough. And so an easy coping mechanism as well will just drink it off. And I certainly do that in February, I promise you. But in January, I think it's good to just try to be like, you know what, we can can go four and a half weeks. There's going to be, the alcohol will still be there when we're done. And we get to save some pennies. Put it towards uh, QJ's college fund. Speaking of QJ's college fund, shout out to my lovely GF Rachie. She asked uh, to be uh, shouted out to on this show. And uh, she said some things about uh, her booty that we can't repeat uh, on air. So, but it's it's real and it's fabulous. It's real and it's spectacular, as Terry Hatcher would say. That's all we're going to say. Okay, geography time. Uh, poll time, really. Quiz time, really. It's all three. That's why you come to the Beantown Podcast. Uh, and I'll mention, you know, visit BeantownPodcast.com for our latest page updates uh, because we actually updated our Cuts by Q page last week, this time, uh, with uh, some fresh new cuts that I think you're going to enjoy. And, you know, a lot of you are probably listening to this thinking, oh, Cuts by Q, it's a barbershop that's kind of a male dominated thing no we do women's cuts too $20 flat rate go to uh, beantownpodcast.com slash cuts dash by dash q and you can see at the top our latest cut i call it the french braid it's kind of a new thing i developed and you'll see our beautiful model rachel there it's 
gorgeous. You can also see basically the entire Airbnb we stayed in because it was a tiny cottage. And then also uh, there's a new one in me. I kind of got a bump it looking thing, but that's the secret with Cuts by Q. You don't actually need bump it, so we can do that without the plastic. Uh, we are plastic free at uh, Cuts by Q, which is probably a, a plus for you. Okay, but here we go. So what I'm asking, and we're gonna we're not gonna have the span episodes. If you really want to like take time, write it down on paper, and think it out, just pause this episode because we're gonna move pretty quickly through it. Because I'm gonna totally forget about it next week. But the thing I'm trying, thing we're trying to learn, thing I'm asking you is for the top five Christmas tree producing states in the United States. So the five states that produce the most Christmas trees in the U.S. In case you're wondering, this is from Stacker.com, which I'm not familiar with, but we're just going to trust it. Uh, but the curious thing here, and this this is probably just as interesting as, and I'm not going to do this because it doesn't seem to list it, but there's 45 states in the list, so there's not all 50. It's not like... Um, oh, here we go. Okay, so we figured it out pretty quickly. The reason why is not necessarily because there's five states. That's what I first thought when I opened this right before we started recording. I was like, oh, there's five states that don't produce Christmas trees. Then I was like, well, who is it? Um, and I'd be curious to hear your thought process on that as well. But for me, I was thinking like, well, it's got to, you know, it can't be anything east of the Mississippi. There are just no states that you know, fit that data. So I was thinking like, well, in Nevada, I don't think of having anything like that. And uh, New Mexico, I don't think of having anything like that. But even that's a vast generalization. It's really hard. There are very few states where you think like there's no sort of PINIC, P-I-N-I-C action. So the five states that didn't report, this will clue you in a little bit, I guess. This takes away... uh, 10% of, that's good math, 10% of states you could choose from. So the five that didn't report, so they're not in this list, were Alaska, Wyoming, North Dakota, Nevada, and Arizona. I feel pretty confident that the only one that anyone would possibly consider would be Alaska. And now you know that it's not part of this list. If you're curious, what comes in at number 45, so in last place on this list, is New Mexico. 938 trees cut. And uh, Nevada, which I mentioned, they were part of the group that didn't report, so we don't know how many they did. Utah was next, South Dakota after that, Hawaii, Delaware, and Kentucky. I think those all make sense. Maybe Kentucky would have been a little bit higher in my mind, but um, there's a lot of states out there with a lot of trees. So what are the top five? The honorable mention goes to Washington State. That's at number six. And so again, if you really want to take your time to you know, take make your guesses and stuff, then go ahead and pause the show and do what you need to do. But we're going to jump into it five to one right now, and we're not going to really elaborate much more on it. We're just going to tell it to you like it is. So here we go. Coming in at number five is Wisconsin. Apparently 700,341 trees cut. So Wisconsin, number five. Number four, pretty big jump in terms of volume. Pennsylvania, 1,050,159. So that's 350,000 more. That's almost, that's like actually 50% uh, more than Wisconsin. So Pennsylvania, number four. Number three, another huge jump. Wow, Michigan, 1,551,185. So that's another 50% jump. That's crazy. Michigan is number three. The big the big thing now is are we going to see another 50% jump? Well, number two come in at 2.25 million. Let's see. Number two is North Carolina, and it blew that out of the water. Who would have thought? North Carolina, 4,031,864. That's crazy. There's such a big difference between two and five. And uh, Drumroll, I think some, some people listening to this might know this because it's actually like a bathroom reader fact or something, but the top state, much closer to two than two was to any of the other ones. Number one is the state of Oregon, 4,714,298 for total sales annually of $120.68 million every year. More than one, more than 10% of a billion. 
So there you go. Number five again to wrap this up. Wisconsin, number four, Pennsylvania, number three, Michigan, number two, North Carolina, number one, Oregon. No huge surprises. If I was coming in cold to this, and I, I should have because I think that would have been interesting. I knew Oregon was number one. I think I would I think I would have thought Michigan would have been number two. After that, it would have been it would have been fuzzy. Um, I think I probably would have guessed Washington State just because of Oregon. Uh, I'm confident I would not have guessed North Carolina. Um, and Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, I think I would have had in my top 10, but maybe to put top five, I can't really say. Definitely wouldn't have put North Carolina top 10. Not that it doesn't have a ton of trees and it's not large. I just, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like Pacific Northwest, you know, piney states or upper Midwest, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Toronto, the top 10, in case you're curious, we knew Washington was six, Virginia, seven, New York, eight, Minnesota, nine, Ohio, 10, like those track to me. And then California, 11, California's obviously got the size, but just how many piney trees are there? There's a lot of ponderosas and, uh, what are the oh, sequoias in redwoods, but you can't, you can't really pass off a redwood as a Christmas tree. That's a that's another cool thing. Christmas trees can really be multiple trees. You could have firs, pines, birches. Probably not birches. I don't know. I was going to mention earlier we should do a show about, and I just want to say it again so I don't forget, and I don't know if it would actually be interesting, but there's not every every Christmas carol is a Christmas song, but not every Christmas song is a Christmas carol. We don't need a whole show. We could spend 30 seconds on this right now. Oh, come all ye faithful. That's a Christmas carol. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, not a Christmas carol. Joy to the World, Christmas carol. I suppose it's more of a religious distinction more than anything else. Santa Baby. If you if you show up to my house with a group of 10 white folks singing from binders and you sing Santa Baby, I'm going to think there's some sort of orgy down the street. I'm not passing judgment on that, good or bad. I'm just That's my reaction. Uh... Angels We Have Heard Get High, that's a clear carol, and I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas is a Christmas song. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. We could make an exhaustive one, but we're not going to. Um, so anyways, those are kind of your primary thoughts, uh, preliminary thoughts here in the Bean Top Podcast. Now, I just want everyone to know that I paused for approximately 10 seconds right there because, and this happens to me much more in the summer, uh, for obvious reasons, due to sweat than it does in the winter, but it just happened right now. Every once in a while, so there's hair on your fingers, right? Probably probably not if you're a female, although maybe, I don't really know. I never really pay attention to that stuff. Probably a lot of males have hair on their fingers. So you got some hair. For me, the large, you know, I've got a solid amount of hair in between the hand where the finger starts in the first knuckle. There's like a decent amount there. Not so much on my pointers, my index fingers, but definitely on fingers two, three, and four. Then you jump to the next knuckle. There's a little bit of hair, but not a lot. And then the final knuckle, there's no hair from the final knuckle to the fingertip. But on that middle portion there between the first knuckle and the second knuckle, I will frequently get, there's not really any way to say this other than just like a clogged pore, and where the you know the hair follicle is and i basically have to it really bugs me like who's going to want to leave that sitting there so i just pull the hair out you know you could use a tweezer but it's pretty easy to just get it with your fingers and then do a little squeeze to like take care of that the only reason i mention that is just because it's it's a very like personal thing it's not something you talk to your colleagues about at your morning status check-in or you know your friends at the bars so i'm just curious like how common is that i get it frequently in the summers because your hands get a lot sweatier um not not much in the winters but it just happened now so or i just noticed it now if you will so just just an interesting point for you there i want to give a shout out to uh, my brother and sister jack and abby they gave me a christmas gift and i received it yesterday and for the life of me, it took me about an hour to actually understand what was going on with it. I didn't even know what it was. It wasn't anything I've ever expressed an interest in. But it turns out it's a, it kind of looks like a Game Boy, like a Game Boy, uh, original Game Boy. And basically, you stick this like SIM card in there. 
a 64 gigabyte or whatever SIM card that comes with it. And it comes loaded with all these different games. And we're talking like Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy DS, PlayStation, um, Capcom 1, 2, 3, Sega. Like, and that's less than half of all of them. There's a ton I haven't even heard of. And there's just a library from each one of those. It's not exhaustive, obviously, but a library of just a ton of popular games. Lots of games I've played, you know, like like 2% of the games on there I've played and then just a million other ones that I haven't played. But there's all sorts of things there. And what's crazy about this, I don't know the legal stuff, but, you know, they got they got all the big hits. So I was curious about, like, the licensing of that. But they've got, you know, the first, I think, two, maybe three gens of Pokemon on there. I played, I played Pokemon Crystal for an hour today. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Last night, I was playing uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, Dead Man's Chest. There's uh, some really old, like, Madden and FIFA games that in NBA Jam that just do not work well on the platform. But they're still there, nonetheless. There's all sorts of, you know... Kirby and oh Sonic 2 which I had on Game Boy growing up I played that for like five seconds yesterday before realizing I don't really like that game <laughs> some Shrek games right there is it's got everything so it took me a long time yesterday I got home from work and I was just like one trying to understand what it was then when I understood what it was trying to figure out how it works but this morning I took it the extra step um, and so there's there's a popular just way of playing Pokemon, essentially, uh, to give you a, a super, like, 30-second crash course on Pokemon, because everyone's heard of it. Not everyone really understand, understands how it works. You start the game, you you have three Pokemon in every generation, every different game. It's, it's different what the Pokemon are, but three to choose from, but it's the same every time. You know, Gen 1 is always Squirtle, Charmander, or uh, the little flower-looking guy, Bulbasaur. So you, you always start the game with one of those. They evolve into two additional Pokemon, but it's like, you know, so the start of the game is always, you know, pretty much the same thing because there's only so many Pokemon you can catch. Anyways, there's a software essentially that you can download online called the Universal Pokemon Randomizer. And you see this be very popular online on YouTube, Twitch and stuff where people will, you know, do what's called solo runs, meaning you go through the entire game with just one Pokemon. And, of course, if you want to do a solo run with a Pokemon you can't get until the last 2% of the game, well, you couldn't do that unless you had a, a software that helped you change it, essentially. I've played a lot of Pokemon on, uh, you know, like a web browser just from websites that do, you know, emulating. But it's you, you can't... The, the, the What's called the Universal Pokemon Randomizer, you can't just, like type in your URL or something and have a go. It has to be, there's a lot of specific parts that I was very confused by up until today, still a little bit, but I think I understand the basics of it. I am so proud to say that I finally figured out and involved SIM cards and everything. I figured out how the universal Pokemon randomizer worked and I now am doing a crystal. So gen two solar run with Celebi, which is the last Pokemon in the Pokedex in gen two it's like it was like an event only thing. You had to go to Toys R Us to get it. Obviously, like a cool mythical Pokemon. I don't know anything about it, and I didn't really plan the run. I was just kind of fooling around. I was like, "Oh, I've you know I've heard of that Pokemon, but I don't know anything about it. Let's do it." I figured out how to make the software work and everything. I'm playing now. I got uh, two gym badges. Just be Bugsy, who I think is a boy, but I'm not sure. Gender neutral. And uh, getting ready for Whitney and her mill tank, which are notorious in Pokemon world. So that's all I wanted to say because I've been trying to figure out like how to do the universal Pokemon randomizer for a long time because it's very like old looking software and it's just frankly very confusing. But I figured it out. I was really proud of myself and it was all because of this very unexpected but very fun gift. Rachel even picked it up and started playing. She uh, There's a game called Harvest Moon, which I know is famous, but I don't know anything about. And she was, you know, getting getting ready for it. So fun gift, cool to have. Kid's going to love it. Uh, 
thank you to Jack and Abby. All right. Um, so I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we already mentioned Cuts by Q and, uh, of course, BeantownPodcast.com. So let's also say thank you to the Samson Q2U series. It's got crisp, clear audio quality from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the entire Pentateuch, and all the other good stuff. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. And then, of course, uh, speaking of Pacific Northwest, Oregon, uh, double duty today, winning the uh, Christmas tree poll, and then also uh, hosting our good friends, Home Pride, Oregon. When you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you're going to want to call the experts. You need someone safe, someone certified, and someone that you can trust. Doubly insured, call 541-410-0316. Ask for Steve or go to homeprideoregon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316 or go to homeprideoregon.com. Uh, I want to also just very, very quickly mention, because I haven't been listening back to the shows much but I did listen back to last week's because I was proud of that episode we did on Tuesday night. And there were some obvious technical difficulties right at the start. I don't know. I don't have an explanation um, other than just we're fin- finishing year five of the Bean Town podcast and we're running on a Mac that is, uh, boy, where are we at? About to hit a 10-year anniversary. It'll be 10 years in like May or something like that. So... Um, that's really the only explanation I can offer, but uh, thanks for, for sticking with it. I think after the first five minutes or whatever, the technical problems disappeared. At least they did on my end. So thanks for bearing with us. All right, welcome to uh, uh, part two, the shorter half, I, I promise you, of the Beantown Podcast. We're going to talk Sagatuck for a second, then we're going to talk uh, our top five hams staying in the Christmas spirit. So I just wanted... In, you know, we had a great trip to Sagatuck. It was very similar to last year. Uh, to give you just the super, super brief rundown of what we did, we went to Culver's on the way there. You know, driving on, late on a Thursday night, you lose an hour. We got the cheese curds, the large. Uh, our our place we stayed in was different than last year. We I first wanted to stay in the place from last year because it had a hot tub and we liked the place, good location, but it was it was booked. So we got a place on the other side of town, south side of town, a very tiny little cottage. Honestly, in terms of like square footage, probably larger or same size as last year. But because it was like last year was just kind of one big room with a, and then a bathroom off to the side. Whereas this year was like your living room, your kitchen, your bathroom, your bedroom. Everything just felt very small. And it was. The ceilings were tiny. But it was still a small couch, too. It was a love seat, not an actual couch. Uh, but we made it work. One thing that was a total pain in the ass was the heat was uh, just, it was, you know, a, a kind of like a thing on the wall by the door. So not central central heat or anything like that. But it was controlled by a remote and it just seemed, it seemed like whatever you were doing on the remote didn't have anything to do with what was actually happening. So one day we came back, I think Friday we came back and it was super hot. But then we'd wake up in the morning and it'd be super cold. It was just... Uh, I don't know. That was the you know one thing that I didn't love about it. Everything else about the cottage itself was fine. Uh, good, like, you know, a little bit further that walking than the last place from, like, the downtown places. But we're talking extra, like, two or three minutes. So nothing crazy. Uh, but Friday, we uh, we woke up. We went back to our coffee spot on Common Ground. Thank you to future sister of the podcast, Nicole Sparbani. Uh, for the annual recommendation that was the place last year where i got my half and half latte this year i reeled it in a little bit i got like a maple something i don't know it was good maple creme uh pretty tasty we came back to the house we watched uh a brother other the you know other brother we haven't mentioned today other brother of the podcast walt furnace who's on a flight right now to south america tried to do south africa but it didn't translate as well uh, South America for what I think is the official honeymoon. I don't know. There's been a lot of trips, but uh, I think this is like this is it this time. You know, soup's not a meal, but this time they're at Mendy's getting the swordfish. I think I don't know, but he defended his uh, his his doctoral thesis, his dissertation, and all went well. We learned all about yeast, and Rachel posted on social media hashtag yeast mode. I think, or she texted it. I don't know, something like that. And Walt is uh, successfully defended, and that's big for the pay raise when he moves to Ohio in three weeks, four weeks. And uh, Dr. Walt now, we got to call him. So doctor of the podcast, I don't know. Uh, but congratulations. So we, we came back, we watched that, we, we zoomed in. 
I even asked a question that got read live on air, which is kind of a big deal. And, you know, for these academic folks, uh, going to pause uh, GarageBand for a second because it is tweaking. All right. Hopefully it's tweaking less now. Um, GarageBand just, you know, as it goes along right now, like it's just, you know, the, the thing is moving left to the right very smoothly. And after 10, 15 minutes, it is just like mega choppy. And I can't tell if it's choppy for you. Usually it's not. It's just the display of the software, but it makes me nervous, right? After all of our tech issues. Then we tried a new, new place. We went to Virtue Cider, uh, kind of south of uh, the Sagatuck Douglas area. I had to drive out there, um, you know, 15 minutes. Had some ciders, pretty tasty. Rachel had a, a flight. Excuse me, we played Connect Four, but there weren't quite enough uh, pieces, so we would just get to the end of the game and it'd be a stalemate, so that was fun. And then we went to Sagatuck Brewing, which I already mentioned, had a great time, had our flights, uh, came back, watched our Jeopardy, and had some wine, had to go to the Super Value. Oh, also, how could I forget? Because I wanted to mention this. We went to the Orb, we, we, we went back, we hiked up, took us less than six minutes because we're speedy and we got hamstrings from hell uh, in a good way. I guess that sounds bad. We're pretty strong. Rachel's working out right now. That that just speaks to the strength that we bring to the equation. Uh, but the orb is really, you know, I think of Saugatuck as a Christmas town. It's probably more of like a summer beach town than anything else, but we always go in summer or winter rather. Uh, but when I think of the orb, you know, it kind of overlooks town. And I wanted to mention this. Do you think Dr. Seuss got the inspiration for Mount Crumpet from the Orb? Uh, and that can be our, you know, user engagement question of the week. Email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. You can also tell us how you did on our uh, Christmas tree poll. But because it's just, it's beautiful. It's tall. It overlooks town. Uh, you know, you can imagine a Grinch living up there with Max and Rides his sled down Mount Baldhead. Mount Baldhead, that's that's like right out of a Seuss book too, right? Like you could exchange Mount Crumpet for Mount Baldhead in How the Grinch Stole Christmas and no one would bat an eye. I legitimately believe that. Anyways, I wonder if the inspiration was was had there. But I, I, I wanted to mention that, so I'm glad I didn't forget that. But we came back, we got some extra wine from the Super Value. That's where I got fudge last year. No fudge this year. Looked around for it. I took a peek. Didn't see it. And then went back to the house, watched our Jeopardy, had some wine. And then went, we took a nice long walk to the Southerner, where we also went last Friday night, uh, last year in Saugatuck on Friday night. So we had our supper. Didn't get the pepper jelly this time. Got something else. I don't remember. Also had some drugs. So nothing crazy, Mom and Dad. We literally went to a legal dispensary called uh i don't know yellow walk or something like that drive through it was pretty cool much cheaper drugs there um you know we're talking like thc nothing fun like white lotus or something speaking of which white lotus which we never talk about and we should mention housewives before we uh stop recording i'll i'll, I'll write a note of that because i i can just briefly talk you through it because it was chaotic uh but white lotus is wrapping up this Sunday, which is hard to believe. It's been a wild ride. If you haven't watched it, if you have an HBO login, I would definitely encourage both seasons. I think they're great. They're very different, but very watchable. I think it's the, there's not a lot of shows I can say this about. First season was six hour-long episodes. This one is seven. It's definitely the type of show where I could, like, if I had a Saturday with literally nothing to do, like tomorrow, uh, if anyone has anything going on, text me because Rachel's going to be out. Um I could watch every episode back to back to back to back to back. I'm probably just going to watch World Cup stuff, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, don't, I forgot what I was saying. But yeah, Walk to the Southerner, something about HBO. I don't know. White Lotus is good. Walk to the Southerner, had her dinner, walked home, went to bed. Saturday, big day in town. Saturday was a, a marquee event. So we, we wake up, we get our lattes from... Uh, Penny Royal Provisions right out there on uh, Blue Star Highway. Come back, and uh, we knew we were going to go to Pumpernickel's for brunch. We were fingers crossed that they are going to be showing the U.S. versus Netherlands game, which, rest in peace, they're both out now. Um, but, yeah, World Cup's going on, too. Those two, gra- two games today, so this is Friday, December 9th. It was the uh, Croatia 
Brazil game and then the Netherlands-Argentina game, both just absolutely wild. Both went to PKs. Both had extremely late tying goals. Um, unbelievable finishes. Uh, Croatia and Argentina, one of those teams will be in the finals. Um, Croatia was there last time. We'll see. And if Argentina gets in and you get Messi and Di Maria and stuff, people are going to go nuts. So it's going to be interesting one way or another. Um, tomorrow is what England, France and Morocco, Portugal. I think that's how it goes. Wouldn't it be crazy if it was Morocco versus Croatia? It'd just be like, this is weird, man. Um, we go to Pumpernickel's where we had gone last year for drinks after dinner on Saturday, but we saw they had brunch this year and looked like they had TVs in there. So we said, we got to go check that out. We did. They were watching the TV game. We uh, had our encounter with Billy, who is definitely a, a regular there. And when we first got there, we thought he was Mitch. I don't want to go all the way back into the history books, but essentially Mitch is uh, a very well-known person in Saugatuck. We know where his apartment is. It's like above a storefront. He's got a sick balcony. It was an awesome party last year. We got invited. We were halfway up the stairs and uh, ended up not going. It was heartbreaking. But we've sort of had a year to cultivate all these images of who Mitch is and what he looks like. So we walk into this bar. We see Billy. We didn't know it at the time. But we thought, that's got to be Mitch. This guy is wearing uh, pajama pants, you know, flannel-esque and whatever shirt, but like a long, almost bathrobe kind of garment, a white fedora, and flipped up sunglasses. And he's got a you know a cup of coffee at this bar watching the World Cup at 10 a.m. on a Saturday. So we're like, that has to be Mitch, especially because Pumpernickel's is literally next door to his apartment or to his house. Uh, turns out it was Billy. We still didn't see Mitch. We haven't seen Mitch. Mitch did not have a party this year from what we could gather. But there were many more parties to be had. So we, uh, bottomless mimosas was one of the reasons we went there. The thing with bottomless mimosas is every place does it differently, but one of the ways they'll do it, and this is how Pumpernickels does it, is they just bring you out two carafes of uh, OJ, and then they just bring you out a bottle of champagne. Each person gets it because you order separately. So, you know, we're drinking, and, you know, these soccer games are long, 90 minutes plus stoppage time, so about 105 minutes plus 20-minute halftime or whatever it is. You got It's over two hours you're sitting there. So not quite as long as a football game. But if it, you know, for the soccer games that do go to PKs, for example, those are as long as a football game, you know, three hours, which is just exhausting. Um, so you have your first bottle, and then it's, you know, there's like 40 minutes left in the game or something, and you're like, well... We paid for this, you know, 25 bucks. So we, you know, it's like, yeah, let's bring in the second bottle. And then, you know, they're losing, they're getting their asses kicked. And it's like, well, you might as well just go, 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 right? So we did. So two bottles each. Yes, we are crazy. Yes, I recognize that's a lot of champagne for two and a half hours or whatever, but we did it. Um, Because that's just who we are. We're not quitters. Anyways, while we're drinking, Rachel picks up on a potential... uh, pub crawl that's happening in town we were seated next to some uh, white middle-aged ladies and so we caught wind of it so we said well we got a wide open wide open saturday afternoon here we're feeling good except for the u.s getting their butt kicked so let's try it out so the first first things first we we had timed it perfectly with the u.s losing the game ends the holiday parade the the Sagatuck holiday parade coming right down butler street literally outside of the bar so we walk out there's a lot of good dogs the whole town is out literally feels like whoville on christmas morning halu foray dalu dore welcome christmas day is here you know you got old-timey cars you got Grinches, Santa Clauses, tunes, bands playing. It's just, you know, the sun's shining. It's moderate weather. You're just blasted off of champagne. Who could ask for more? And then we figure out the pub crawl. Uh, Basically, you had to go to five different bars in downtown Saugatuck. And for each one, there was like an activity you had to do. We we drew Santa Claus and his reindeer. We pinned the tail on the rain, pinned the nose on the Rudolph. We sang a carol. We did uh, anagrams of Christmas things. We did Christmas movie trivia. We did all sorts of things. 
and there was a huge raffle at the end. We didn't win anything, uh, but it was fun nonetheless. So that's what we did on our uh, on our, our pub crawl. It was crazy. In between, because we finished so fast, because we're trying to win first prize, we went to Mitten Brewing, which has the uh, peanuts and Cracker Jacks, which I mentioned. Pretty delicious. Had our flights there. Had our dinner at uh, the Butler, which was one of the places uh, on the pub crawl, and ended up getting $100 from uh, this elderly couple who's the owner of some furniture stores in southwestern Michigan. They just gifted it to us randomly. Uh, so shout out to uh, furniture store friends of the podcast. We should probably do a month of free advertising for them. So maybe we'll kick that in next week. And then, uh, yeah, Sunday morning, had our breakfast, had our coffee, and uh, drove back and saw the Vikings beat the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. So that was Saga Talk 2022. It was a great time, uh, and uh, I think we'll be back. I wanted to briefly mention, before we finish up with our top five hams, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, they're kind of into the second half now of season three. And this entire episode was day one, I think, of a trip to, I think they're in San Diego is where they are. Jen can't leave the country uh, because she's going to prison for a very long time. But this, I don't even know how to, we're, we're going to need like a half of an episode dedicated to like a Housewives reset to figure out where we are, all the characters and stuff. But essentially what you need to know is on this trip, you have the five cast members, Jen Shaw, we all know. Meredith Marks, the uh, you know from Chicago, she's an attorney. Um, uh, Lisa Barlow, that ha- has a tequila brand. The two sons own uh, Fresh Wolf, and then uh, Whitney Rose, who's kind of blonde and kind of a bimbo, and then Heather Gay, her her cousin of some sort, who owns Beauty Lab. So those are the five. Pretty simple enough. There's no more Mary Cosby, she, you know, still married to her grandpa, whatever, but she's not on the show. And uh, Jenny, who got introduced in season two, got fired for uh social media trump stuff so you got your core five but now we've kind of introduced essentially three more ladies two of them are on this trip and the worst part about this is two of them are angie it's just could you not could we not go into a production meeting at the start of this season and say hey let's do one of you can be angie one of you can do a middle name like they did in the office with kelly kapoor and uh, uh kelly hannon ellie kemper's character but no, we got Angie K, we got Angie H. So Angie H is blonde, I think. She didn't come on this girl's trip. She and Jen are not in uh, good standing with each other. Angie K is like the host of this trip, but also Jen Shaw kind of is. It's kind of confusing. She's on the trip. Jen Shaw dumped champagne on Angie K's head uh, and I, we don't have time to get into this, nor do you care. But so now there's bad blood there. And then there's also this lady called Dana, D-A-N-N-A, who kind of looks like Angie K, which is extra confusing. Not like they're identical, but just, you know, if you had a bottle of wine and you're like watching Housewives, as most of us do on a Wednesday night, then you're going to be confused. I'll tell you right now. So the whole trip is basically just a lot of uh, this is day one of the trip. There's water or uh, champagne dumped on Angie K's head. I think it's Angie K. And eventually they end up on a boat. Jen's freaking out. She's probably done some drugs. She threw, they had like a $5 plate of carrot, celery, and ranch dressing from Kroger. They throw it into the, she throws it into the ocean, the entire tray, the plastic included. She's a litter bug. Hope they add an extra year onto her sentence. Then she threw someone's fancy shoes into the ocean. She didn't know whose they were. And Lisa was worried because she has a $1,200 pair of shoes that she brought with her. So there's a lot of stress there. And uh, it's just, it's extremely chaotic. It was 60, I think it might have been longer than that. It was like 70 minutes of pure, just, I don't understand who's mad at whom, why they're mad at whom, just way too much alcohol. It was absolutely ridiculous. So, and that was day one of the trip. So that's where we are, uh, right in the middle of season three of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's between Salt Lake City and Potomac right now. It is a lot to, uh, boy. And the crazy thing with Salt Lake City, too, is is like, 
there's not basically everything right now is revolving around Jen and the new ladies in some capacity. Meredith hasn't had a storyline all season. Lisa hasn't really had one. And uh, Whitney has, Heather has, but it's, you know, it's not that important. It's like a C plot that they're trying to make their thing. It's pretty much just like Jen and these new ladies right now. So you're probably thinking, because Jen's not on the show anymore as of season four, uh, you're probably thinking those three ladies, Angie K, Angie H, and Dana, will probably all come on. Maybe not Dana, but probably both Angie's, I would think. So, well, it's interesting. There's a lot to digest. Okay, I wanted to wrap up the show with my top five favorite hams. A nice Christmas, you know, a nice holiday meat. And I was actually, I had no intention of talking about this up until 10 minutes before we started recording. I was texting with a good friend of the show, Sam Anderson, up there in Milwaukee, college roommates. And we were talking about our favorite hams. So coming in at number, and these aren't really ordered in any particular way. I didn't have the mental capacity to say, oh, this ham is better than that one. So we'll just say number five, CJ ham. Vikings longtime fullback. Where's number 30? He's good for, you know, a third and one conversion two or three times a season. And he actually had a touchdown this year, like three games ago. And that was his first touchdown in, I think, five years. So shout out to CJ ham. He probably plays on like, I don't know. 15% of the Viking snaps, like most fullbacks, doesn't get a lot of glory or recognition, but great run blocker, seems like a good guy. Uh, coming in, uh, number or, or I guess our, our next favorite ham, the pig from Toy Story. I don't know if he officially goes by ham or hammy or sort of what his situation is. And is he, is ham, ham, Toy Story, is he John Ratzenberger? Is that who he is? Ham Toy Story. I guess there's two ham or two M's. Yeah, John Ratzenberger. That's right. Excuse me. So the toys are, you know, I know the original Slinky, the voice actor from the first one died after that, so he's had a replacement ever since. And then Rex is Wallace Shawn from Prince's Bride, and uh, Mr. Potato Head. Was that Don Rickles? Mr. Potato Head voice. Yeah, Don Rickles. And then in, in uh, Toy Story 2, they introduced uh, his wife, who was um, Estelle from Seinfeld, whatever her, her name was. She just passed, I think. This year, maybe? Last year? I don't remember. Let's see. Anyone else? Uh, Jim Varney. That was the name of Slinky Dog. Yeah, Wallace Shawn, Ratzenberger, Annie Potts was Bo Peep. That's right. Yeah, good stuff. Lori Metcalf, Andy's mom. Forgot about that. The biggest biggest Toy Story question still out there is what happened to Andy's dad? We don't know. But we got to move ahead. We don't have, we got 30% left on our MacBook here. We don't have the energy, literally, to dedicate to a deep dive. Uh, number three, John Hamm, which I wasn't going to include until Sam encouraged me to do it. Seems like a good guy. Loved him on 30 Rock. I've never seen Mad Men. And he's been in a million other things. Uh, confusing career situation right now for John Hamm. He's doing a lot of like TV commercials. Um, I don't know. It just seems kind of strange. Uh, next, number two, the, the Ham from the Bible, right? He's Noah's son. Is he the one who sees Noah naked? And then Noah, you know, destroys the earth or something with a flood? All because... He got drunk. So what's the lesson we learned today, right? Like the end of Veggie Tales, they, you know, Bob and Larry, they're on the kitchen counter and like you're playing the first level from Army Men on PC. You kill the cockroaches with the aerosol spray. Uh, what did we learn today? Well, don't, you know, it's okay to get drunk, but try not to expose yourself to your son. I think that's a good lesson. We can just leave it there. And the number one, Spiral Ham. We mentioned, you know, last week on the Bean Town uh, 2022 holiday gift guide, getting your uh, your loved ones a sandwich. I think a spiral ham is kind of in the same vein. It's more of a socially acceptable holiday gift, but 
there's there's pretty much never a time in my life where you could walk up to me with a hot slice of ham and be like, hey, do you want this ham? And I would say no. I would say 1% of the time I would say no. That would be when I'm brushing my teeth or mm, maybe if I'm having ice cream, like I wouldn't probably, I probably wouldn't want ham or ice cream, ham and ice cream. But yeah, if, I mean, if I'm, you know, middle of the night, 3 a.m. and I'm sleeping, you wake me up here, you want this ham? I mean, yeah. You know, I'm shivering under the covers. Of course I want ham. If I'm uh, having a turkey pesto sandwich, you want ham? Who, would you rather have a turkey pesto sandwich or a ham and turkey pesto sandwich? Yeah, give me the ham. Uh, you're at Christmas dinner and it's, you know, vegan. And you're thinking, God, why did I go to this weird thing in Logan Square? Hey, Quinn, you want some ham? Obviously I want ham. Like, Bring the other animal products too, like the ice cream. I have I have the ice cream after the ham. I don't want them at the same time. So pretty much, I I always want ham, guys. That's what I had for you. Those are my top five hams: CJ, uh, Toy Story ham, John ham, Biblical ham, and Spiral ham. And that's what I had for you. I promise you a uh, efficient episode, and I think it was efficient. I think frankly we just uh, we fit a lot in there. So. Um, yeah, that's what I had. Uh, guys, my name is Quinn David Furness. This is my show. And we've got the holidays coming up very soon. We've only got two more shows, three more shows till Christmas, basically. So everyone, get your uh, get your gifts ready. Use our holiday gift guide. And you won't be sorry. Okay. That's what I have for you, everyone. I hope that you are staying safe. I hope that you are staying sane. And I will check in on you next time. Bye.